0: Uh, we are uh, continuing. It's, it's kind of a theme of grace. I've adjusted it a little bit just because, um, you know, what was impressed upon me is this idea of discipleship and service and engagement. And so I wanted to talk some about that this morning. But everything comes from grace. Grace, the, the Greek word for grace is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which is gift. It's a gift that's freely given to us. And, and grace is that gift. It's, a, it's God's unmerited uh, it, it grace. It, it's this gift that is given to us, uh, favor, God's unmerited favor. And and it's not earned, which is crazy, right? It's just the most amazing thing that we don't earn God's grace. He gives it to us. You know, I often frame it, um, someday I'm going to get a present made so that it's easy. <laughs> it's like there's a present that's on the table. It has your name on it. It has my name on it, and it's your present, you know, and, it, and it's offered to you. It's free, but it's up to you to go and get that present and open that present, we have say-so uh, into whether we accept or reject it, but it's it's a gift that's freely given to you and to me, and it's, it's incredible when we begin to think about that. A few years ago, we did a, a series called The Journey, and it was a journey, uh, it's what discipleship here at Arbor Point Church is about, and so I want to kind of look back at some of that, but uh, also... Look forward and into what discipleship means for us, and, and how do how do we do how do we get better? How do we engage more and more so that we're all growing together, moving forward? Um, the journey it started out with always be prepared to share the the share your faith with others, share defend the the faith that you have in Jesus. And, and so we talked some about that. We went to the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about spiritual gifts. We talked in this process. Uh, it was a year, nine months of sermon and message. And um, that was kind of the core of what we are. And, and, um, you know, it's easy to lose some of that if we don't kind of take a look back. So I want to revisit the the journey. Um, See, Jesus gave us the great commandment, which is, should I put you on the spot? Will you get Love God, love your neighbor. I won't do it. <laughs> uh, and, and always the cross is the example of that, right? We've got the vertical, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And we've got the cross beam, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Every time that we see a cross, it reminds us of the great commandment to love God and love our neighbor. But he also gave us the great commission, which is... Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Discipleship is core to that. Discipleship is a journey into the heart of God's love. God doesn't leave us alone. You know, when we say yes to him and when we encounter him, He moves in us in such a way that it's drawing us to him and and allowing us to carry that message to others. It moves us into the heart of God. Did you know that God has a heart for you? No? Yeah? Yes, God has a heart for you. He he wants you to become who he's created you to be, and, and he wants you to encounter him. And if we ever hope to live out the idea of loving God and loving neighbor in all things, then we have to be willing to take the time necessary to give up some of whatever is pulling at us so that we can become followers, learners, uh, disciples of Jesus, matetes of Jesus. And if discipleship involves being drawn even more deeply into the Godhead, then that time and commitment is necessary. Necessary. It's not optional. If we want to become more more like who Jesus has has asked us to be, then we have to spend time seeking that out. There was a report that came out in the Methodist Conference in 2005. It it was called Time to Talk of God. And it says this. It defines discipleship as you see up here. The term discipleship designates the whole life response. And that's critical. It's a whole life response of Christians to Jesus Christ. Everything a Christian believes and does is an aspect of discipleship. It's why Brother Lawrence, you know, in practicing the presence of God, he's like, I wash dishes as unto the Lord. And you're like, how do you wash dishes as unto the Lord? But that's what it, everything is an offering. Everything is part of his walk with Jesus. And the goal is to become more Christ-like in every aspect of our life. Read that with me, that last sentence, that last part. The goal of discipleship is to grow ever more Christ-like in every aspect of life. That's the goal, to become one as the Father and Son are one. You see, this is not new. And we've been talking about this for a while. It involves care, having our character formed by the Spirit. We respond to God. We live lives of fellowship with other Christians. And, and, it, and it's about having our entire person, our being, our character, our interest, everything about us uh, is influenced and impacted and shaped by Jesus. Everything. And I know that's like, well, wait a minute. What, what about, I love UGA. Well, that's got to be shaped by Jesus. What? To love Georgia Tech. Go, Jacks. I didn't get anything. I just want you to know, nobody said anything to UGA. <laughs> that were, you know, that, I, I think y'all are going to probably beat them on the twenty-four. <laughs> what? You didn't say anything. <laughs> Here's the thing. When people see us. Our reflection, our reflection should be Jesus. And that's not a good Jesus, but it was a good, <laughs> didn't find a good picture. Um, but our reflection is to be when they see us, who should they see? Him. And, and the way that we live and the things that, that we do, uh, this, it's, it's living in Christ. This ref, the reflection of us. The Spirit forms us. And, he, and, and the Spirit forms us through Scripture through the influence of other Christians, through the influence of the spirit that we become more like Jesus in our attitudes and behaviors, we, we see the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, generosity and self-control, right? right? Gentleness, Did I miss one? Uh. <laughs> 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 the fruit of the spirit is not a coconut. The fruit of the spirit is not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) 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 But I'm right, too, because some translations use generosity. Um, (laughs) Where was I before that happened? (laughs) Oh, fruit of the (laughs) Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, which is a nine-part-one fruit, by the way, becomes lived out in our lives. We, people begin to see those elements of, what are they? Oh, see, I put her on the spot. She didn't have it. Yeah, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Jonas. Okay. Yeah, those become, those are just a part of our natural being. We live And the fruit of the Spirit comes because of who we are, because of what God is doing in and through us. We live kingdom-valued lives. Uh, We support God's mission in the world. We discern where, and this is important, because sometimes we go, I'm going to go do this. We discern where the Spirit is already active, and we go try to go there, right? We're seeing the mighty is blowing up around here, and and it's very, very cool uh, to watch special. This whole worship center was filled with special needs families. Doing, doing a painting of a snowman, and and they had a ball. And now we're on a, a there are two groups that are sending out our, our flyers and stuff. One is state person who's, now, who's got a contact group and an autism board person who's got another. Now we're a little afraid is what we actually are, <laughs> you know, because we're doing a parent's day out in December, and we're like, uh, what are we going to do if, if, you know. But you know what? We're going to show up, and whatever God does, God does, right? That's, what, that's the way you walk into where the Spirit is moving, and you, and you trust that he's going to work it out. Discipleship is kind of twofold. You can think of it in terms of individually and communally. The individual part is what does it mean for me to become more like Jesus? What does it mean for me to become more like Jesus? The standpoint of the church is what can we do to help people become more like Jesus? Like Jesus, how do we help them to grow? And we believe that both of those things are critically important. I don't believe in the premise of living the Christian life in isolation. That is not what Jesus was about. It's not. It's meant to be. He formed his own community. Guys, these guys say, "I believe, but I don't want to go to church." It's like we need the church. We need each other. We need each other. It's not an optional kind of. We need. Each other were meant to live in community. Uh, Graham Craig said a Christian character is formed by the making of consistent choices within a community of faith where there is mutual encouragement to live a distinctively Christian life. And I put a bunch of ships up here. These were from 2007. Uh, these are all discipleships. Haha) <laughs> But they are. So, so you think in terms of the journey, we framed it this way because disciple, the discipleship, it, and, and this is a big boat. For us, this is Noah Rumbaugh did this. He did this painting uh, on here of, of a discipleship. This they had at their house, and so the, the Lane brought it in. This is from Grow to Be This was, gosh, that was a, seems like a long time ago. Um, David is now at graduated from Grow to Be BU, But they made their own, Each, they made their own disciple ship while we were doing that series. And the mission of the, of the church, of the United Methodist Church, is, is, is to um, make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. But this idea of a discipleship, discipleship, there are things about that that, that I just identify with because there are, a lot has to be done in order for the ship to sail the sometimes stormy seas. It's some, life is sometimes stormy, Right. And that sh- our ship is going to have to sail on those kind of seas. So we need to be prepared for things that we expect, things, bad weather, big seas, all of, the, you know, all of those kind of things. But also to be ready when opportunity, when we ha- to have a positive impact on others comes along, a chance meeting with another ship, a chance meeting with another person. And this is important. It's not a cruise ship. It's not a cruise ship. Our job is not just to go and lounge out by the pool. We'll get some pool time. God, God doesn't, It's not that we're, you know, overdo yourself, but you'll get some pool time. But that is not the primary thing about being a disciple. It is not cruise along and, you know, let everybody else serve you. That's not discipleship. We each have a role, and we need to be ready for what that role is. And our captain, by the way, is a pretty cool guy, Jesus You know, he's an amazing captain. He's given us instructions about what it means to be a Christian, what the character of a Christian is, what it's not. A few years ago, we were on vacation uh, in Washington and San Juan Islands, and we met the captain, a guy named Arthur, and a young, thin lady named Morgan, which it became very clear that she was the first mate. The boat was a 1939 72-foot gaffed rigged schooner, which I have no idea what any of that means. It was a cool boat, (laughs) though. It actually looks somewhat like this one. Uh, But we noticed something as we left the safe harbor and we went into the bay. The captain would give orders. The first mate, Morgan, would repeat the order. And the crew members would then repeat those orders back. Morgan was vigilant to what each of the crew members was doing and, and was actively involved in everything. While the captain made sure we went to where we were supposed to go, he kept our direction on, on track. Everything was transparent. They knew what each other were doing. There were newer crew members that were learning uh, as they went. It was a beautiful experience. There's a, they, were, they were family, is what they were, and they were clearly passionate about their mission. And they were also gracious. To those of us who were kind of a, who who were along and didn't really know what to do, we got to help some, but not a lot. And they were gracious with us. They were relaxed. They were intent on taking care of the new people. Those of us who, who were just there and, and just learning and just going along as we sailed. Once we learn to be a crew member, because we're called to be the crew member on on the on the on the ship, we don't just sit on our laurels, but we seek to maintain and grow in our understanding. We do that as followers of Christ through study, continuing to, to relate the experience, the idea of being a witness, r- uh, sharing what we've seen, heard, and experienced of God, and remembering that each of us in the crew has an important role. No role is, partic- is, is above another role. Each role is important as we follow the captain and he takes us to our destination. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We're most familiar with the go and make disciples, right? Go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Jesus didn't just stop there. There's another part to this, one that we don't spend as much time with, that we talked a lot about on the journey Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Because if you don't know what, the, what, what it is that Jesus is asking, then you cannot possibly follow him. Those of us who have been around a bit, our, part of our role is to help those behind us. Each of us needs to have somebody that we're learning from and somebody that we're teaching. That's discipleship. That's what it looks like. Teachers in here, you know, how do you, how do you learn best? Teach. Anybody train other people in here? You know, how, how do you how do you learn it? train somebody? Because you have to know what you're doing in order to train them. So you have to be trained to train. That's basic stuff, right? But that's the walk that we have. That's following Jesus. And here we believe that we tackle both of these things: to the go and make disciples and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to the very end of the age. And and the awesome part is that Jesus doesn't just say, good luck. Surely I am with you always, right? Surely I am with you always. And while I don't pedestal the Acts church, a lot of folks will pedestal the Acts church, that early church, because they had plenty of problems. They fought over stuff and they argued. There's a part of that initial movement that reflects who we could possibly become. This is from Acts 2. It's right after Pentecost, right after, you know, the Holy Spirit has come, the the crowd thought that everybody was drunk because they're speaking in tongues and acting kind of, they don't really know what to think about it. And Peter had, had, had what explains that they weren't but filled with the Holy Spirit. And thousands got saved. Thousands. And then comes this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I'm not naive. (laughs) Enough to think that that level of fellowship and communion is ever going to happen in the church. In in America, it happens actually in other places, but not certainly here. We're very independent people. Um, But what this passage does reflect is that there is a transforming power that is available to us if we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, which we find in Scripture, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. If we'll do those four things together, then it will transform our lives. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is wanting to do those. I firmly believe that God is trying to get us out of the busyness so that we can spend some time as a body of believers, as the church, getting to know each other. I don't know, maybe we need to do just dinner groups, something, where we are actually not just a Sunday morning group that we're involved in. Some of y'all are are getting together and stuff. Some of y'all aren't. You know, how cool would it be if we actually knew each other? That's kind of what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Romans chapter 12. For just as each of us has one body with many members, those members don't have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. And it goes on to talk about if your gift is prophesying, you prophesy. If it's to give, give generously and those things. The Holy Spirit has given each of us in this place gifts to help the ship function at its highest level. We have a friend uh, whose daughter Sarah was invited uh, by a, a friend of hers to an open house that was a youth rowing team on the Chattahoochee. Now, the only sport she'd ever shown interest in Up to that point, was swimming, and she'd been small, all small for age. She was five foot one, about ninety five pounds in college. And Sarah came home from the open house and announced, "I love it. I was made to do this," and she actually was. Just so happened that they needed a coxswain for the team, and a coxswain on a rowing crew needs to be a very small person with the right personality. Uh, it's a person at the rear of the boat, uh, facing forward, someone who can think on their feet, someone that someone that, that can communicate well, give encouragement, guidance. Uh, the rowers aren't even looking where they're going, you know. <laughs> they're, they're just, they're, they're rowing. And so the coxswain is responsible for steering and race plans and safety, uh, the safety of the eight rowers, small and slightly bossy, which was like a perfect fit for Sarah, you know. <laughs> um, and what she found was that it's actually the ultimate team sport. Everyone has a vital role to play in the boat. Every seat has a specific job. If even one person's not pulling their weight, then it won't work, right? Because have you ever been in a canoe? What happens if you're both going you know, on the same? Yeah, you just go in circles. Think about it. There's four on each side, and they have to be in perfect sync, or else they're not going to go exactly where they at their top speed. It takes all of them working together. Eight burly guys and usually a small person. You know, that's Sarah, a little five-foot-one Sarah on the back telling all these dudes what to do. (laughs) But they know that the harder they work together and the harder they pull and they stay together, that gives them the shot to win the race. See, we are not meant to do exactly the same thing. Every member has their own thing to do. Each of us has their own thing to do. Some of us are gifted in different, all of us are gifted in different areas. And we have, if we can get to those places and and if we work in harmony to go where Christ would have us to be, then we will be the strongest that we can get. And we won't go in circles, right? We won't just sit and spin. We'll go forward where we're supposed to go. Ephesians 3, the plan is that the Gentiles will be co-heirs and parts of the same body and that they would share with the Jews in the promises of God and Christ Jesus through the gospel. We share in the same body. We get the promises of God, the same promises, because of Christ Jesus and the good news of the gospel. So what we, ha- we need to do as the church is to develop leaders who help guide and encourage us as we row towards his mission in the world, to lift one another up, continually renewing our strength, as we fulfill that mission and we get to become a beacon of light this is the world needs light desperately needs god and it feels like i preach about this stuff an awful lot so i wanted to close a little bit different differently this morning you know i talk about discipleship and push for engagement and i wonder though you know that's what i'm doing but i you know we are a group right i keep talking about us being smarter together right The truth is we don't get full engagement. The truth is that even with the power and the promise of transformation and amazing change, that stuff that happened in the early church, we don't get folks to engage. So I want to close with just kind of open this up for a minute, a couple of minutes, and get some thoughts from y'all. These questions. How can we as a congregation... Get every person to engage in growing in their faith individually and in a group. Another way to look at it is really what draws you toward or pushes you away from engaging and growing your faith. And non-rhetorical means I'm actually asking you. <laughs> Join a study group. So that's one avenue. Game night. Just times to come together to bowling. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Fellowship, fellowship time. Things, more things to do with mm-hmm. fellowship. Missy, what were you? I mean, was bowling? Thank Paintball. <laughs> Sounds like, Stuart, that how many people are paintball? Okay, so we'll have a few paintball people. Ask someone to come to the group that you're at. Okay. And I heard I serve, which is an opportunity twice a month to, to go and serve for sure. Is, is he telling people about Athens yet? Okay yeah, he yeah, yeah, we went there during the the 30 um, hour famine, but he was keeping it quiet because he didn 't want people to next Tuesday in Athens service group, trustee Bob <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that go that, that we do around here, like chairs set up and room set up and those kind of things, and they always yell at me for doing it. Um, so, the more folks that are involved in that, and you have a rotating crew that, that we do our own cleaning and that kind of thing, that's a place to, to volunteer.: Yeah, so service service is a, is a, that element is another element of discipleship. We have a tendency to separate all these, but really discipleship involves all of that. Um, and I know that Corey's needing some some support, just you know she's in there, I think. At least twice, or two or three times every month, because clo- we split club four- fi- the fourth and fifth, sixth graders, versus, and the younger ones. Um, and guys, uh, I don't think we have any men who volunteer in the children's ministry, and that's sad. There, does that get does that make you feel guilty? <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> guys can volunteer with kids too. I guess is what what I'm saying. So so yeah. So there are opportunities. Any, anything, else, is anything else that we could, what might get you? Okay, be thinking about that because I really do want to know. Um, send, shoot me an email, a text, whatever. Just I really, really want to know. You know, I think too often guys like me go, well, I've got all this training and, these, and we, could, we should do this, 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 and this. And I, what I don't want to do is, is miss what God may be doing. You know, special needs ministry wasn't something on my radar, you know. And it just so happened that we have folks in the congregation who that's important to. Uh, my, mitochondrial disease, who who knew? We've got Bob Collins and, and Teresa Deerman and I think, is it, is it you guys, Stuart? Yeah. That three families that have been impacted by mitochondrial disease. And so, you know, we want to, those are the kind of things that we can do as a congregation that can be impactful for our community that we are uniquely suited to, I guess. So be thinking about that. Next week, we'll you know, I'm going to be talking about in service, um, which is a good seg- segue, uh, some as well. So, yeah. You do not have to be a teacher to be no, you do not. <laughs> or to disciple, no. No, it, discipleship is, really is about being a witness and sharing what you've seen, heard, and experienced of God. It really is, you know, so. All right, well, I better get out of the way because y'all want to go home at some point probably. <laughs> go, Jackets. Uh, thank, thank thank, y'all. And please do be, be thinking about that because we do want, um, you know, we are a unique, we are Arbor Point Church at West Jackson, and we are who we are, so, you know, Where is it that we need to be? Be praying about that and be thinking about that so that we can be in that place.